This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You guys know what that is? That's right. That's the first batch of orders from our Geekscape web store that's going out to the mail. Uh, so in about five seconds when I turn off this uh, camera, I'm going to walk down to the Beverly Hills post office and mail out all your packages. So thanks a lot for ordering t-shirts. If you haven't ordered a t-shirt yet, go to geekscape.net, click on the link to the web store, place an order. I'll package them and mail them out myself. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Phone's going off. Hello? Jonathan, idiota, where is my money? This is Mexican job. Jonathan, no está en casa. Who is this? You're so beautiful. La, 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 la. Tell him a call, sweet, sweet. Si. I will tell him. I love you in a succulent voice. Goodbye, oh, handsome. Oh, I love you. La, 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 la. That's Mexican Jabba. I owe him a lot of money. And the only way I'm going to pay it off is if I sell a ton of t-shirts. So go to Geekscape.net, visit the web store, buy yourself a t-shirt, a tote bag, even buy yourself some pins. Every order gets free pins. Check it out. Love you guys. Enjoy the episode. What's up guys, welcome to Geekscape episode 29, that was our brand new theme song, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sitting down with my good friend Scott Glosserman, directed the movie right here, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, uh, we're going to get into that. Great, but, um, thanks for having me. So uh, this is a horror movie that our good friend Ben, uh, Funnelfish Dunn, who's sitting behind the camera, that's Ben's hand, uh, Ben started talking about it um, on our forums at geekscape.net. Thank you Ben. Yeah, ben, much appreciated. Ben saw the movie, enjoyed it, and uh, little did he know that because we're both Penn grads, um, you know, I had an in and was going to get Scott on the show. So thanks for being with us, Scott. My pleasure. Um, thanks for making a. Uh, this is Gilbert, a by the way. Hey, Gilbert. If he keeps you know running um, in, at least you'll know who he is. Gilbert is fantastic. Uh, regular viewers know that my two dogs, <laughs> Hank and Cheese, and uh, Laura's dog Rufus, are frequently on the show. Uh, he's a sucker for the camera. He's right? awesome. He's a sucker for no, the camera. Guy. What kind of dog is that? Gilbert is a purebred English Staffordshire Terrier. <laughs> he just pulled off Scott's <laughs> microphone. <laughs> oh, it's on his leg. Yeah. There we go. Um, hey, he's, he's a rascal. Scott, do you ever take him to the dog park down Mulholland? All the time. Right here. Yeah. On the other side of Laurel Canyon. Yeah, I should call you because that's where I take Hank and Cheese. All the time. Except he just got neutered, which uh-huh. is his own personal horror movie. Oh, and, isn't that uh, the worst? So he, hasn't, he hasn't been in a couple of weeks. Oh, you'll be back, buddy. I had a bunch of friends who were trying to get me to give him nudicles, but <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to be that guy. Well, yeah, when you do your rap album, you can start yeah. nudicles, you know. How would you do in a dog fight, Gilbert? No, he's a lover. He's a lover. Um, so, uh, for those of you guys who are recently uh, picking up the show for the first time, uh, we're going to talk about movies, video games, and comics, and, uh, and break down the latest news and reviews. And uh, you guys know me as a big dog person, so we can talk about dogs on this show, and you'll just have to sit and wait through it. <laughs> um, the big movie this week uh, that I went and see was Die Hard 4. This is uh, Live Free or Die Hard. It's George McClane. 
he's back. We're all, I mean, I don't know about you, but it's a PG-13 movie. You were cynical of that? The fact uh, that we have a PG-13 Die Hard? Um, what the context is, but, you know, right. the original Die Hard was R, clearly. And, and, and the next uh, two are R. And the next two are, yeah, I guess you're right. And now we have our first PG-13 Die Hard movie. Um, you set this one out, but I got to tell you, Scott, I went into this movie really cynical and thinking that this was going to be a kind of a joke, but out of respect for the escapists, I wanted to watch it. Um, I walked out of the movie loving it. Well, I'm really glad you say that because <laughs> I did sit this one out. This was not one that I needed to be at the midnight Tuesday night showing. For, uh -huh. And, uh, and um, I, you know, the original Die Hard is probably my favorite action movie ever. So I'm glad that you came out with a positive experience. I would put this as better than the second and third one. Well, the second one took place at Dulles Airport. Yeah. I mean, this is Gilbert Arenas right here. Yeah. I got. Is that, did you name him after Gilbert Arenas? Oh, clearly. Now, Gilbert's a huge nerd, too, because he sponsors an Xbox team. Well, that's awesome. Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas, I would love to have on the show because he's a geek. He's into the whole Xbox Live competition stuff. And he's probably one of the craziest personalities in sports. But he's also, uh, from what I hear, one of the nicest, yeah. most integrity-laden guys. Yeah. Yeah, but I am from right for outside those, of D.C. For those viewers, Gilbert Arenas is a basketball player, yeah, plays for the Wizards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're like, where can I find him on my World of Warcraft? I will find this Gilbert Arenas, and I will destroy him with my mage sword, level 17. <laughs> well, we still have to be you know, loyal to, to uh, from where it is we came. Yeah, you're, so, from, you're from... Uh, so Die Hard 2... You know, extra special place in my heart. No, Enemy it, of the state. It, oh, yeah. all, all they, of they shot that in Baltimore. Um, that was DC. That and, was, and, uh, and the the what's the one with uh, the recruit? The recruit. They That's shot right. that in your hood. Colin Farrell. Um, yeah. So the, the what I love about Die Hard Two is that um, the actor who plays McDowell's from Coming to America <laughs> gets sucked into a plane engine. The golden. Yeah, what was the golden it? The, arches. The golden arches. Yeah. yeah, he gets sucked into a plane engine in uh, Die Hard 2. That's fun for the whole family. Yeah. Uh, but this Die Hard, this, this one is Bruce Willis, and uh, he's back as, as John McClane, and now he's got to rescue a bunch of hackers. The movie opens with a bunch of hackers hacking into uh, the defense mainframe and all that. Uh, what is it they're hacking into? No, they just... They, they're they're, they, they're, they're they, testing. They, they sent all their codes to... Oh. Okay, they sent all their codes to the bad guy. There's a bunch of hackers. They sent all their codes to the bad guy. With those codes, the they bad just, guys they are... Them? Yeah, well, yeah, they're supposed to be te testing the security of this new program. Uh -huh. They're really being tricked into hacking, you know, making a bunch of code to hack, you know. And uh, the villain, T Timothy Oliphant, uses this stuff. We have to talk to, about that, To too. hack into it. So... Um, the bad guys, of course, because for all those hackers out there, if you work for bad guys, they're then going to come and try and kill you, so there's no evidence. Um, we've got the Mac guy, uh, Justin. Justin Long, um, my, oh, my, great. my twin. Uh, ah, he's, he's, uh, he's one of these hackers, and he's the only one that doesn't get killed off within the first two minutes of the movie. John McClane's sent to escort him to, um, what is it, the, you know, is it, is it bureau? the Bureau. The Bureau. You know, to find out about this. And that, that bureau. Yeah. There's that always that stuff. And, bureau, uh, right. and of course, John gets there right as the bad guys are there to try and kill him. And uh, everything rolls into a big showdown with these guys who have just hijacked America. The, the reason I think that this movie works is several reasons. Uh, it's a fresh director, even though it's the director, director of the Underworld movies. <laughs> it's the director, Len Wiseman, the okay. guy who did the Underworld movies. And uh, I was real. That made me really cynical, because I was like, "Dude, this is gonna be some aliens versus predator bullshit." Uh, turned out, it's pretty fresh. The action is really clean. You can tell what's going on. Not like a lot of these action movies where they just blur you to death and then throw a bunch of sound effects at you, and hope that you get what's happening. Uh, I thought the action was pretty clean, even when it gets to the point where it's a, a plane versus a truck. You will actually get to well, that point. I hear and there say, is a you will love that police car that hits a helicopter in midair, and that is worth ten fifty. Right, right there. Right. Uh, this is a super action movie, like like an old school blockbuster. When you had the action section, and you had the super action section, 
This belongs in the super action section. This is All right, well, right here is my big question for you. Yeah. American villain in a Die Hard movie. Yeah. It really makes me uncomfortable. Uh, the reason that these guys work as the villains and, and why I think they're great villains is they're computer guys. And when I first found out that it was going to be McLean versus like a computer virus that takes out America, I got really cynical. But the way it works in this movie, the way it's handled is he's totally outmatched. He has no idea how any of this stuff works. He not only doesn't know, he doesn't really give a shit. He just wants to get to these guys so he can punch them in the face. <laughs> you know, this is a guy who uses his hands, who, you know, bandages up he's his feet to go across. Uh, yeah, he's an analog guy in the digital <laughs> world. Thank you, Ben. And, um, and, but, that, yeah. and, and, and so he gets to these points in the movie where he's like, dude, I don't know how this shit works. And he needs this Justin Long hacker character uh, and later Kevin Smith to help him out. Because he's totally outmatched. These guys have totally already won by the time he enters the equation. Well, so the drama's high. I know, I see it from a theoretical standpoint, but you know, ever since Star Wars, your villains are British or they're German, or you know, they just have to have some sinister accent. You know? Absolutely. Timothy Oliphant, I love that guy. I loved him ever since Go, but uh, in Deadwood, one of my favorite TV shows ever. He was so great. But for him to then, you know, pick up where Hans left off, it's kind of like, <laughs> and then, yeah. um, does, he, does he pull uh, it off? You know what? He hires a, a lot of uh, Europeans. So he hires yeah, Europeans, he, he hires right? a lot of Europeans. So you, you're going to see the... Bruce Willis smack a bunch of European dudes around. And, and, and There's a lot of French people who do that. Is Bruce Willis's daughter in it? Is this like right out of 24? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Willis's daughter is in it. Um, she, doesn't really get, she, she doesn't really get taken hostage until like, yeah. I mean, John McClane's oh, daughter. Yeah. John McClane's daughter is in. The other reason I think this wor this movie works is they weren't. You know, it's like it's like remember that Indiana Jones picture that hit the web from Indy Four, and it, and and they're only pushing the the story up ten years, even though he looks like he's twenty five years older than the last time we saw him. John McClane has aged the appropriate amount of time, and he's he's like an old codger. He's like rickety. He's, he, he's pissed that he has to go through this crap. And you can tell his body is in a lot of pain constantly. And, really uh, and he ages the character. And, and, uh, and he's really grizzled. And he plays him like a codger. It's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, you know. I've got a, an, an interesting anecdote to that end that your viewers might think um, is, is worthy of you know, 15 seconds. <laughs> um, Harrison Ford... Uh, now, this could be a right. conjecture, and I won't reveal my sources, but when they were doing Some of All Fears, they wanted Harrison Ford to play the president because he had aged up at that point, and he had this nice little evolution to his character. He was kind of right. continually getting more and more This power. is the Ben Affleck as Jack Ryan. That's like right. That, yeah. And what happened was Harrison Ford, in perhaps his representation, felt as though he wasn't old enough yet psychologically. He didn't want to be the president. He still wanted to be right. Jack Ryan. Because once you go there, you, once you no go there, back, right? you can't really age yourself down. So whether or not you know you can see after some of all fears what his movie choices were, um, but clearly Ben Affleck became the new Jack Ryan because Harrison Ford, you know, they didn't see him as Jack Ryan right. anymore. And uh, and it's interesting that you say. He's so aged up from Indiana Jones. I mean, that's, that was yeah. one of the big issues. Did you was, see that picture of, of Indiana Jones on set? I saw one of the pictures of uh, Shia LaBeouf. And, yeah. I mean, after having seen Transformers. Right. Yeah, um, we, we saw Transformers. We're going to review it he, next week. but Well, yeah. he completely pulls it off. He's great. Yeah. I, I think he's terrific. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's definitely going to be huge. And I was pretty cynical of, the, uh, of him because I was like, okay, We'll see if he can do it. Because they're always talking about these hot actors who are going to be the next big thing. I actually think this guy's got the legs to do it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, yeah, I think Die Hard 4 is definitely the first movie this summer that I'll see again. Really? In the theaters. And it's that kind of popcorn movie. Dude, you've got to see this movie. I'm going to see it. There are certain movies I just I have to see in the theater. I'm and it's tight. I'm so upset that uh, I didn't get to see... Pirates in the El Capitan. I never yeah. get to see movies in El Capitan because yeah. it's the Disney theater. They have they have all the all the kids movies, but Pirates. Yeah, is finally going to get to see one. that. I haven't seen a movie in El Capitan since The Rookie. Wow. Yeah. Did you see? Because because they've got um, 
Every year they do the Nightmare Before Christmas. 3D? Never seen it. You've never seen Nightmare Before Christmas, period? Never seen it, period. That's the place to see it. And I've seen, you know, every single Tim Burton film. Yeah, that's the one to see it. you got to see it then. All right, well, absolutely. And it's a great theater. Yeah. You know, people go for The Man's Chinese, but right across the street in Hollywood, you got El Capitan. It's fantastic. The Man's Chinese, I feel, doesn't have the best audio. No, it's a it's cavernous. It's yeah. like uh, it's like the Orpheum in in Montreal. It's um, it's just so deep that that the sound actually echoes if you're sitting way in the back. Right. It's pretty crazy how big those theaters are. Watching in a cave. They're not theaters. They're palaces. They're not the, they're palaces. Um, in a digital world. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a bit about your movie. Great. Behind the Mask, Rise of Leslie Vernon. Yes. Uh, I saw it on Sunday. Thank, Thank you, you for, for watching it. That, that's a fun movie. Thanks. I you know. really appreciate that. I mean, you were a fan of all this stuff growing up. Though. Absolutely. This is a movie about a guy who emulates Jason, Freddy, Mike Myers to the point where he wants to pull off this, this kind of... Uh, well, the, yeah, the, the, he, right. he, he wants to... He wants, they're real in this universe. This is, a, this is a world where you can get on a plane and fly to Metropolis. And you can get... Freddy Krueger on the phone, you know, right. if you've got his number. Right. So, yeah. So in this world... In this world, there's a guy who wants to be the next famous killer. He, and yes. now there's a documentary crew who wants to do the story of his extension. Right. He, this, this guy is going to be, not to make another basketball reference in the same show, but this guy is the next Michael Jordan of Psycho Slashers. And... He is given a documentary crew exclusive access to his life while he plans his reign of terror over the next unfortunate little town. What's great is that you definitely pick up on the things that happen in almost every single one of these slasher films. You know, right. and then and you name them. And you name right. them. That's you know, awesome. uh, how long did it take to write the script? Because it's a pretty tight oh, script. Oh man, the original screenwriter David Stevie had written a script that had made the Slam Dance's best screenplay competition mm-hmm. before I even saw it. And so it probably took him a year to do that. And then we worked an additional two years on it after I got it. So you were just asking me before the show how long yeah. it took to shoot. It took 24 days to shoot this movie. And it took probably over three years to write it. That'd and so... Did you get so chills when Robert England came on set, or oh when God. you met him for the first time? Did you get? I mean, because Robert England plays um, yeah. the, the Ahab character, the guy who is trying to stop this killer, and uh, yeah, dude, I mean, dude, it's Robert England from V. I'm kidding. It's, Probably, the, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mangler. You got it. I, <laughs> the Mangler. Honestly, <laughs> it, it was amazing. That guy completely validated for us and legitimized for us what we were doing when he stepped on the set. Right. It was, we have something Now you real. have a horror movie. Yeah. And, the, and like he'll bring an audience with it. Well, from a, from a business standpoint, clearly, we had something tangible there, mm-hmm. too. But, but, uh, but he's, he was uh, our coach, our mentor. I mean, he showed up, and, and he was giving tips to, to Nathan Basil, this guy. Uh-huh. And he was comparing him to Anthony Perkins. And, I mean, the guy was regaling us with these crazy anecdotes about being young in the 70s in Hollywood and Malibu and he's a veritable encyclopedia of every single bit role that anyone's ever had in the movies or on stage <laughs> he's he can just bring it up for you wow i mean it's it was amazing the guy the guy was so great yeah was really so and the fact you brought Zelda Rubenstein yeah Zelda, Zelda Rubenstein I, dude she freaks me out were you freak now was she freaky in person she is very, very sweet in she, person. She is. She's, she's the one from the Poltergeist movies. That's Anthony right. Anthony, she, what? And Sixteen Candles. Anthony Witch. Oh. She is the the all-time candles. harbinger of doom. And in yeah. fact, Richard Kelly just used her in in Southland Tales. Mm-hmm. Which, sort of is that, that ever coming out? Wow. Is that ever coming out? I, I don't know. I don't know. Because now he's working can. on a new movie. He's working on a new horror movie What's called The Cube or something. He got shit. You know, I think that was, I haven't seen the movie, but um, I think it was a product of this guy just killed it with Donnie Darko. Right. And you, you had a bunch of people giving him probably a little too much leeway and too much final cut. Did you hold back? 
did I hold back here? <laughs> you know what? Well, you got to see the DVD. I'm not going one. I'm not going back. 110 on this one. I, I'm going to go about 89. Well, it, no, 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 no. That wasn't really my point. My point yeah. is, if oh no, yeah, he, he. If you have, you got to know when to get in and when to get out of scenes. And right. if see, individual scenes in movies are maybe great, but in the context of the larger picture. In terms of the movie pacing and moving and, you know, getting to a point, um, you know, some objective person is going to have to tell you where to kill your babies. Mm-hmm. You know, because as a director, you love the way this scene works just as an episode yeah. unto itself. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan had, probably hasn't had that guy for about five Well, I don't know so much about M. Night. <laughs> I think maybe Terrence Malick, I, you know, he's, he's got a little problem cutting, but... Again, I mean, these guys are just so beyond uh, a stratospheric right. level. I think, you know, who knows? Yeah, the, the, right. the thing about this movie, I, I started watching uh, this movie Sunday, and... And you just finished today. No, 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 yeah. I, I watched it one sitting, but, but I'm watching it, and, and, and for the first, like, fourth of the movie, I'm like, you know what? I'm not totally buying this documentary crew following this killer. And there's a scene where they do give up on the project. Mm-hmm. And right there, uh, you're like, yes, thank you. Um, that's what anybody with a right mind would do, is say, you know what? This is going down a really bad road. We don't want to be associated with it. And they make a turn to come back, otherwise you wouldn't have a movie. <laughs> but but, but that, from that scene on, everything starts clipping, and right. you've got like a race to the finish. Well, it's interesting you know, It's a hard sell. Up. It's a really hard sell to say, we're going to have this movie about yep. killer and people who are documenting him, you know? And I don't want to spoil the ending or any character turns or this or that, but that one moment where you, you see Leslie Vernon, you know, our character who wants to be the famous killer, sitting at his car, and the van pulls back up. They're going to come back. They're going to make the film. Right. That's the turning point in right. the movie. And it really starts to clip. Right. Well, there's two things I would say to that. And first, in any movie, one, a director has to lay down his or her rules of the world in which that movie takes place yeah. in the first five minutes of the film. Because you can't, someone can't just start flying right. in the 35th minute because then all of a sudden you say, I don't buy it. But if you lay down those rules very clearly in the first five minutes, you could have elves talking, you know, you could do Lord of the Rings, you do whatever you want. Die Hard 4, a jet versus a semi-truck. Jet versus semi-truck. Whatever it might be. So in this movie, I felt as though we had the mulligans, we had some leeway because Freddy Krueger existed. And we mm-hmm. said that fundamentally in the beginning right. of the movie. Very beginning of the movie. So if you know that there's this world where there's this kind of acceptable but perverse art form almost, which is the career of psycho-slashing, <laughs> then you're going to give the documentary crew a little bit more leeway along the lines of whether or not this is a moral decision to follow this crew. And, uh, but if this took place in a world where we exist and they were following a serial killer, right. clearly after the fifth minute, you'd turn off the movie and say, I don't buy this. Right. So that's how we got a little more leeway. But I do agree with you totally. There's a paradigm shift in the movie. And when we get to that place where you start talking about the movie just speeds up and starts flying by. right so there's a lot of this is what i'm gonna do and set up and then it goes to they do it boom right. and that's when the movie starts really flying that's my, great. my favorite part of the whole what, movie what was your favorite part the very end where no, yeah, no, no it's, it's the, the difference that you have in the documentary could feel and then when it comes to the certain scenes that are the horror movies away from the documentary cameras shifts to Thanks. a distinct horror movie style. You know, we wanted to combine that Blair Witchian spinal tapian documentary. Blair Witchian? That's he my new that's my new word. That that docu style feel and cover those horror films right. with the the John Cunningham it's Sean Cunningham, John Carpenter template yeah. and cover those horror films. So yeah. pulled it off. Um so you guys definitely go check this out. It's on DVD. It's on DVD. It's it came out last week. It's everywhere. Walmart. You guys have a nice DVD too. Thanks. Thank you for giving me. I, I, I went to pick up the screener. I thought it was just going to be like a burned copy or something like that. You know, a screener. Let's save the DVD for the Treat for you the, right. For the, Treat dude, you right. I pick up this deluxe edition shit. 
I was like, damn, this is you know awesome. The most I, I'm going to right? give it to my brother because let me tell you, growing up, my brothers and I were the biggest fans of these movies. And I immediately called Paul and said, dude, you've got to see this movie. It, it, you know, our favorite scene in any slasher movie, uh, Friday 13th Part 5, when the dude fucking hides up in the, in the porta potty and starts going, ooh, baby. Yeah. That's your favorite one. That, that, it's so ridiculous. That or maybe Kurt in the, uh, in the RV uh, in Part 7. Have you the seen Alice Hatchet Cooper. yet? No, I want to see that so bad. That's the one Gilmore was talking about two episodes ago. Adam Hatchet. Green, man, he's got some. He's got Hatchet's some, gonna kick ass. Pretty, Anybody who I know who's seen that movie says it kicks ass. Yeah, some pretty badass, pretty badass kills there. We will definitely review it here because we're really good good friends with the people. Tell over you what, though, the publicity get, for Lionsgate. Get a screener from him because I think he may be having to curtail some stuff for the MPAA. Oh wow! So That's definitely cool. want to see an uncut version. But what it, the the thing I like the best about my DVD is the, the uh, what is this the called? The director commentary. The spine. <laughs> the spine of this thing is like twice the size of most DVDs. So if it's on a shelf, you're like, wow, there's a pretty big DVD right yeah. there. Anchor Bay knows how to do it. Yeah. They really know what they're doing. And, and plus, it's like the, it's a sleeve, which has like a Velcro fold out. Right. Like, it opens. It's fun? behind the mask. You can open the Well, mask. yeah, the, the, the Evil Dead, you know, books of the dead ones are nice. Um, let's pause for a second and talk about our sponsor, NetRiver.net, our good folks in Seattle. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much. NetRiver.net is a, um, a hosting company. They host all the Geekscape stuff. I don't think there's been a glitch since you guys started uh, hosting our files. Thank you guys so much, NetRiver.net. You guys can go sign up. They've got different uh, kinds of hosting plans. I go for the eight ninety five a month one, and it works pretty damn well. We get 10% off, too, if you put in the promotional code Gilmore, named after our very own Brian Gilmore. Put that in. You get 10% off. We've had a couple people sign up uh, in the last week. Very happy to see that. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. And uh, let's go into movie news. Uh, Peter Jackson, he's actually doing The Lovely Bones, which you know he's been trying to do for a couple years. And he's cast Ryan Gosling and Rachel Weisz in it. Can we talk about Ryan Gosling a second? Yeah, because this motherfucker thinks he should never work again. All and right. you and I think he cakes ass. I, I, I don't know. Ryan Gosling is incredible. Have you seen The Believer? Okay, I'm going to have to take it back because I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. you're going to take I'm it back. To, to Ryan Gosling was unbelievable. Was, but I, I didn't even realize that that was Gosling. Was he in Bully as well? I don't, I don't know, know if he was in Bully. That was a motherfucker from Terminator 3. Get out of here. But, <laughs> but two years ago was probably he gave you a one of the, well, you know, I can't say that on camera, <laughs> but it was one of the worst Sundance years ever. And it was following the year before, which had Hustle and Flow and Brick and Squid and the Whale and, you know, all the Aristocrats, all these great films, Enron, Smartest Guys in the Room. Two years ago, it was just horrible. And the last it's film the, I saw... You, the Descent. The, oh, the Descent was great. But Half Nelson. Half Nelson was worth my trip to Sundance. It Wasn't blew it? me away. He was so friggin' good. Those little character that was so honest. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Even parts where he's trying to avoid an ex-girlfriend. You know, by being completely passive-aggressive and uncomfortable. He's great. It was really honest yeah. and really, really sincere acting. He's, um, you know, he, his career trajectory is, is a lot like Christian Bale's. I mean, he, mm-hmm. these are guys, Billy Crudup, guys who are repped by the biggest agencies in town and, uh, and have clearly said that they don't want to be superstars. They like picking their very artistic roles, having a cult following. Um, and, of course, you know, Christian Bale makes a very smart choice with Batman, but uh, Gosling is going to be around for a long time. I believe. Uh, yeah, I, and I would like to see, you know, you know sooner or later he's going to make one of these big action films like Johnny Depp started doing Pirates after doing the right. same kind of career path. Matt Damon even. He's Matt Damon never wanted to be an action star. So if he was going to do an action movie, you know, it was going to have to be something sophisticated right. and cerebral. And did he not find his perfect action franchise or what? Yeah, the Bourne you know? movies kick ass. Uh, for him. They've replaced the James Bond movies. Sorry, guys. I think Bond movies are boring, and you know this. Uh, speaking of, I don't even want to talk about Tim Story doing another movie, but he's doing a comic book called The Losers. It's a DC book. 
about a bunch of, uh, of guys who are being hunted by their, the people who used to employ them to do jobs. I got a question for you really quick. Um, what's up, man? As, as a comic guru, yeah. what do you think about the um, viability of, a, of an ongoing behind-the-mask comic book component? Well, you know what? I would say that five years ago, like, don't even try it. But now we've got horror books. Like, I think there's, there was a book called Preacher that came out of Vertigo, mm-hmm. D.C., and that one reopened the audience for horror books. And it's not even that much of a horror book. It's kind of a, a Western with horror themes in it. Now you've got books like The Walking Dead. You have books like 30 Days of Night. You've got vampire books. You've got zombie books. You've got all sorts of horror books now. Now, I mean, I mean Wildstorm is putting out Friday the 13th books, which I hear are really well written and really well done. There's imprints that just do horror books. Now, something like this would totally work. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. I've been thinking about it. Something like IDW. Are you going to Comic-Con? Yeah. We're sure. going to be at Comic-Con. Uh, I'm speaking on a panel on Thursday, and then we're doing the show on Saturday. And let me tell you this, guys. Friday night, all the Geekscapists are going to see The Simpsons, so... Keep checking the website and stuff like that for, uh, for that outing details. That's but, great. dude, the time is now. What's funny is that a lot of people are going into comics to try and raise interest in their feature. Right. You got your feature, buddy. Right. <laughs> now you're going into the comics. Well, which it is would a be cool way to keep going the life to the going. comics. To, you know, horror is like NASCAR. Yeah. It's a very, very tight, loyal community. Everybody's interacting with the filmmakers, the critics, the bloggers, the fans. And I feel as though the comic book community is the same way, but it's yeah. a slightly different community. It just, you know, helps build the brand and maybe creates viability for a TV show. Not only that, but it's the best media, uh, visual medium, in my opinion, because it's the one that can react the fastest. You know what I mean? A film, if you get a great idea, it's going to be two, two years before somebody sees it, probably at its earliest. Um, but with a comic book, if you have an idea, you know, you want to make Lex Luthor president, because you're commenting on George W. Bush or something like that. I mean, if you, want, if you have, see something in society and you want to comment on it, comic books are going to get that message out the fastest. If you have an idea and you want to experiment with it and see if it can find an audience, comic books are the place to go. You know? uh, also, because they sell so low, if it's a hit you're, in comics, you know it's going to be a hit in other mediums. You know what it's I mean? It's good microcosm for yeah. testing the waters. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? and, uh, and now they're hot, so... People are snatching up books just to get them, uh, you know, the properties up. How much could I get for my day the Superman died? Still in the black. Um, I think the problem. Oh, yeah, it's got everything. I think the problem with that one is that everyone got it. Everybody got it. Everybody got it. Comic books aren't worth anything. Yeah, I've got every GI Joe one to a hundred. I, everyone, nothing, nothing. Not even twenty six. The Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow. Guys, guys, if you guys want to buy that off of them. Yeah, like, I, go, go yeah. We got some people. We have people on our board selling comic books. Yep. Um, you want to talk about a comic book called Invincible? I do. This is a good one for people who don't know comics. Um, it's a good intro. It's a good to, intro book. Yeah. This is the book. It's it's Robert Kirkman who writes The Walking Dead, which is a really kick-ass zombie book. Dude, you would love this book, Walking Dead. Uh, and this one's Invincible. What's this about, buddy? Uh, it, you you want to come over here and see? The mic can pick you up a little bit better. What what is this? It's oh. fine. Just trash everything. It's okay. So what am I looking at here? What you're looking at—that's actually the seventh trade. Uh-huh. Um, basically, what Invincible is is um, it's about a guy who's basically like the son of Superman. Okay. Um, in this universe, this guy who uh, his father's from another planet, um, who has amazing powers and is pretty much invincible. Um, but it's about him growing up. It's a lot like, uh, you know, if you see the movie like Sky High. Okay. That sort of thing. That's not going to sell it. Sky High is a great <laughs> non-comic book comic book movie. <laughs> um, but it really, you know, it also deals with the issues of, um, you know, this kid who is all of a sudden super powerful. Mm. Um, and it slowly works its way from being a slightly realistic, if not, un, you know, comic book to... You've seen Can I take seven, a guy right. with a brain for a body. The, the, you know? the art is really clean. Uh, yeah. It's pretty clean artwork. It's really pretty. And, and, this, is a, this, is a, and this is a good one for, for, for new guys who are Absolutely. just getting into comic books because like, the first trade is good. Yeah. It starts out normal and then 
starts getting into more and more, mm-hmm. like, out there, out know, there, like, superhero stuff. Like, I don't want to give anything away because there's right. a huge twist. There's a huge twist. Near the end of the first trade. Okay, um, I think I know. I read the first trade. I know what you're talking yeah. about. That is a huge twist. Yeah. Um, but Robert Kirkman writes it. You guys, I've recommended yeah, The Walking yeah, Dead a million times. Kirkman, we're a big fan of him here, and uh, that that would be the comic book to talk about. We have a, a monthly comic book wow. club at Geekscape, and like a bunch of kids get together, they talk about different comic books every month, and uh, I don't know when the next one is, but check Geekscape.net's forums, and you guys will, I think, I think we're talking about DMZ this month, which is a really damn good book. Um, video games. The Wii. Uh, there's a new Wii channel coming out. Do you know about this? No. WiiWare? Well, I hear that they're going to start Did you hear about this? the internet. Oh, well, whatever. Uh, but this WiiWare, it allows developers of all shapes and sizes to put up their original uh, titles and distribute them. So if, like, you guys make, wow. like, a video game or something, you can distribute them on the Wii. I don't know. So it's a Firefox for, of the game system. Right. Yeah, but I don't want to have to pay for, like, somebody who made a crappy Flash Wii game. Right. I don't know. Uh, I think that's interesting. Uh, the Wii uh, is also doing this. Um, there, there's uh, Lego Star Wars, which I'm a big fucking fan of. I've been playing this Lego Star Wars like crazy on, on the Xbox. But now there's a game coming out, uh, Lego Star Wars The Complete Trilogy. And supposedly on the Wii, you can do Wii Remote lightsaber battles. They're coming out with it, uh, which is huge. They're coming out with that. Can, I mean, that's that's the. Can that's you the do the, like twist around and do ballet and? Uh, dude, I almost broke Laura. I almost broke Laura's arm playing it's tennis once. Work. So, I don't know, uh, dude. All I want, I don't want to see the game, the we the the we we remote battles. I want to see the results. I want to see the YouTube videos of motherfuckers like like right. putting their fists to their TV. <laughs> you know, that's what I want to see. Uh, it's like, dude, go have fun. It's like, uh, Halo Three is coming out, and I bought it for uh, our friend Graham because he's a, such a Halo nut. And I and I for his birthday I got him Halo Three reserved and stuff. And I don't even want to see play the game. I want to see Graham play the game, because he was playing Halo Two over at my place the other the other day. And uh, I love the motherfuckers on Xbox Live. It's amazing these these kids yelling at you. Graham picked up a sniper rifle and he's like, "Don't get the sniper rifle! Don't get the sniper rifle!" And Graham goes, "Dude, it's a game." And he picks up the sniper rifle and they're on the same team. And Graham starts using it. And Graham's great. About two minutes later, this fucking kid on his team runs up to Graham, shoots him in the stomach. <laughs> I just <laughs> shoots him in the stomach and goes, "That's for stealing my sniper rifle." <laughs> kid kills. Dude, these kids are out of control. There is a point with Xbox Live where you become so devoid of real social interaction. That is what I love. I love the people who like obviously have not seen a, like another human being in days, and they're on Xbox Live. <laughs> That's for stealing my sniper rifle. Shot Graham in the stomach. Uh, you showed me this cool thing. You know how much I, I don't like Star Wars anymore because George Lucas uh, took a knife and stuck it in my butt. Um, that, that's what he did to my childhood. Um, Star Wars, though, this Lego Star Wars is getting me into it because they don't acknowledge like the remakes. It's like really old school. And it's cute and it's fun, but you showed me this clip from the upcoming Star Wars: The Force Unleashed. Um, you were impressed by this clip. I thought it was just a mother of a bunch of dudes doing like four stuff. You were watching it, a crappy version on YouTube. You should watch. Like, All it was was a bunch of Jedi things like pushing people. It was like they're lifting them up, dropping them on the ground. We're gonna put the clip on. If I find the clip, it'll be playing right now. Um, it's just a bunch of. Jedi shit. But you're you're missing the point of like you're seeing like What's the, the animations point? of what you've got of like the the stormtrooper how they're reacting how the environments react and that's what it's about it's not about like that's a bunch of tech garbage. Is the game gonna be fun? Yeah, I, absolutely. To just I've always wanted. Come on, ever since the first thing you see someone force push someone, yeah, you want to just like push an entire fucking house with force. That's, that's what this is. Yeah, it was showing. cool. Like he Dude. destroys a fucking Tie Fighter. With pieces of garbage. See, this is what I like about my audience. I like Did that. you see how he gets crazy? Sorry. He got I like he, that. he got like loud. This is my audience. That's great. Dude, dude, <laughs> I, I got so much hate mail for not having seen Battlestar Galactica. Now you I'm seen Battlestar. Well, I'm ha- I'm halfway through. Uh, I'm halfway through. I'm halfway through season three now because mm-hmm. I'm watching them. Uh, it, it, it's amazing. 
And last yeah. last weekend, I had dinner with uh, Scott Stockdyke, our former guest, who did the special effects for Spidey Three. His wife was an exec producer on Veronica Mars. I had to break it to her. I have never watched Veronica Mars, but she's nice enough to forgive it. I. She's nice enough to forgive us, and, and she's gonna she's gonna try and get us. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's try, gonna try and get us some guests from from that show. Uh, hey, I got a question for you. Yeah. Um, what does your audience think of the iPhone? Is everyone going to run out and get it, there's or what? A couple, there's a couple. How are we doing? Are we doing a good on time? Uh, Thirteen minutes. Okay, we're good. Doing good on time. Uh, the iPhone. I think for the most part, people really want to have one, but I think they're waiting on the second edition. I think they're waiting for this bug one to so get this out. This is going to be a big lemon. Uh, no, I think the iPhone's here to stay. Oh, no, I think the iPhone is no, here I'm to stay. No, I'm saying the first one. Yeah, the first one. The don't first you think one. it's going to be full of bugs and shit? Well, every... Yes, yeah. I do. Are, I mean, are you... I want the iPhone. I, here's my problem with the iPhone. I just think the internet is going to take a year and a decade to download. Yeah, Helio's got all the YouTube on it that iPhone does, and Helio's got MySpace. I mean, right. I don't know. And the iPhone is so expensive. You can buy a... A Helio and a couple uh, shuffles. For right. Not how, really how much? Sure. How much? Now, well, it, it's not about it. But how much is uh, how much is a Helio? Like a phone. Wait, I, I just. It's, it's, is it's that much? Bucks? Yeah, it's like. In uh, who's all right, a, well, who's then, our service provider? Not, I don't know. They it's are. Like, it's Helio. It's Helio. It's not like AT and T or Sprint they're or anything. No. Dude, let me tell you. I I got I have the shittiest Sprint phone because I'm always breaking this stuff. Because because my because I've been taking steroids with my friend Chris Benoit. And I just get in roid rage. Um, bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Man. Chris. I'm, hey, hey, Chris. Oh no, he's down there. Hey, Chris. I'm sorry. Wow. Wow. Uh, this guy's good. I'm, he's uh, good. I'm always he's good. smashing my phone, and it took me at Sprint. It took me like two months to get a replacement. That's for the a other crap thing. Ass phone. What happens when you lose this phone? I lose my phone bucks. all the time. It's six hundred bucks. Yeah, or you drop. I the have phone. to get the crappiest phone because oh, I'm always losing yeah, and always smashing it. Oh. He smashed it against the table accidentally, and there's pictures of the broken one. He said he went but to the Apple store, and they replaced it for him. They did replace it for him? Yeah, but who knows? Good. He, he probably paid the, what, $200 for insurance on it. Yeah. True. That's Dude. $800 for a phone. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? I mean, I, I like my iPod because, you know, they, they say it's the best iPod out there. I watched the 20-minute thing, and I do want one, but, dude, guys, I've got 60 gigs worth of music on my iPod. I can't live with eight. I know I'm going to date myself, but the, the most expensive toy I ever remember growing up, and I'm not saying the iPhone Cherry 2000. is a toy. Turbo graphics. <laughs> the GI Joe aircraft carrier. Oh, wow! Wait, how much was Come that? Come on, the aircraft carrier was like six feet long. Wow! It held every single friggin' GI Joe toy. That is right. I mean, you could take the aircraft carrier and then go to the Ewok village, and then, and, you know, you got your predator guys, and they come out and they job the hut. It's all the same thing. <laughs> but the bottom line is that was like $99. Yeah. And that was outrageously expensive. Yeah. And now you've got a phone that is 600 bucks. I don't know. Well, I, don't know. I mean, you don't, do you own any game systems? Any video game systems? I had the Genesis, yeah. I had Sega. I, no, today I don't have anything. No, oh, but man. I might. I might spark for the for the uh, PlayStation because it has Blu-ray, and I'm not ready to spend four hundred dollars on Blu-ray yet because I'm not sure what's going. So you happen. might as well get a game system. With so I might it. as well get right. a game system to see what all this craziness is. About. I mean, I'm enjoying the Wii. I'm enjoying the 360. Uh, the PS3 is obviously the next one. I'm, I'm waiting. I know there's going to be another edition of the PS3 that has. Because now there's like an Xbox 360 that has like a better cooling fan in it. Well, is Xbox going to put Not the yet? HD in Xbox? I don't know. The HD DVD? Do they do HD DVD in an Xbox? Yeah, yeah. You can buy the external drive. You can buy an external drive. Oh, there, there's so many headaches, dude. Just give it to us, you know? Yeah. A PS3, I think, comes with all that shit? Yeah, it comes with the Blu-ray. comes with Blu-ray? That's why I probably get that. Are the games good? I don't review them because I, right, I, I, no I, I mean. There's no exclusives. There are, you can, anything that you play on the PS3, you can play on 360. Resistance? Oh, my God. That's the only, that's the only one? I will never have another opportunity to ask this question because I go yeah. online looking for this answer, and I can't even find it online. Why is the Tiger Woods golf game not available on the Apple computer? 
The is 95. A, 95 is on oh, Mac, wow. but they've got 97, and they've never up. It's a 95. I don't know. No clue? Right, let me tell you, it, it, dude, dude if, you're, if you're a golf video game player, dude. the Wii. Yeah. The Wii. The Wii. I, I've, I've heard. The Wii. I have to I've heard. It's it literally, you're playing golf in your living room, man. I've heard that. I've heard boxing. And it's sensitive. It's amazing. <laughs> it's sensitive, too. So, it, like, I was playing just the Wii Sports Golf. And you know I'm you know I'm weak wristed, and uh, oh really? Yeah, I got I I, I turned it a why? little I turned it a little and this shit cut and I was like oh man, that is the last time I uh, <laughs> that is the last time I masturbated before I play the Wii. Brian Gilmore's with the Wii, with golf. With golf. What was his problem? Oh no, he's just he he's so lazy that he discovered he doesn't have to stand up while playing it. He yeah. Just golf like this. No, he golfs overhead. <laughs> Are you serious? That, that's not that, that 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 defeats the whole purpose. But dude, the Wii for golf games looks awesome, and and I guess lightsaber battles too. And um, lightsaber battles. Uh, yeah. So, um, we got uh, forums at Geekscape.net. We can wrap up the show. Uh, thanks, to Scott. You're a kick-ass guest, dude. Thank you. Um, I, thanks for having me on. We got uh, our forums for this week. At Geekscape.net is most badass people alive. It was started by a guy who goes by the tag No Hard Felines. Um, his list is Samuel Jackson, Tom Waits, Christopher Walken, Bruce Campbell, and Henry Rollins. Out of that list, I, I thought Henry Rollins, and then I saw that fucking movie Feast you let me borrow. <laughs> that movie's shit, dude. Whatever. Did no, you see that Project Greenlight thing, Feast? Feast? I was so excited to see that. I thought it would be fun. You own that. Wow. Let's not get into what I own again. Wow, you got some bad movies in your collection. Uh, our, our favorite British listener, uh, Helen Bott, uh, said Mr. T. Nobody in America thinks he's cool anymore. Uh, Bruce Campbell. John, for Bruce Campbell. Yeah, John Spencer. Yeah, it's Geekscape. They're all going to say Bruce Campbell. Uh, Spencer. Yeah, all honor yeah. to his name. Yeah. of course. Tom Waits, uh, Rene Russo. She gets naked in Thomas Crown Affair. Is it a body double? Very it has to be a body. Curvy. No, that's uh, CGI bullshit. This was also like ten years ago. Yeah. Oh well, you know I love the Coog man. You know I love the Coog. Uh, DJ Hijack, um, our one black listener. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm just fucking kidding. <laughs> I know because I mailed out all our damn t-shirts this past weekend. And one of them went to Christopher E. Mon over there in Brooklyn. And I met him in person in the New York episode. And he is 100% black. Uh, DJ Hijack said, Christopher Walken, Sean Connery, because he can beat up women. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Jason Stratham? Statham. Statham. Oh, no R. And Kurt Russell. Uh, who would you say are most badass people? What would be your list? Oh, wow. Uh, definitely have to go with uh, Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Gonna have to go with Mr. Blonde. Yeah. Um, Robert England. Yeah. No doubt. You know, I'd also have to throw in Scott Wilson. You know, Scott Wilson is a consummate character actor in this film. He's the guy who plays the 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 the, 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 the retired mentor. The mentor. This guy was in In Cold I've seen Blood. Him. Yeah. And uh, in the Heat of the Night and Grissom Gang and God. He's you know what? Bo Svensson is one of those type of dudes. One he of was the original Walking Tall. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about? We're good. Let me think of. Uh, you might have to go with, I, you know, we were talking about Patrick Swayze, but... He's on my list. How about He's number one on anyone my list. in Red Dawn? Well, C. Thomas Howell didn't, you know, he ended Except up doing that. Except for C. Thomas yeah. Howell. Yeah, I would say, well, um, dude, Swayze is just, I mean, Swayze my, my audience expects me to say Van Damme, but, dude, guys, when you really, let's be honest about the badassness, Swayze. Swayze, Because Because the dude's a dancer and shit. We were talking about David Carradine. Carradine. I think David oh, Carradine. Clearly. Uh, but, but, clearly. Um, but, but on all these lists that I saw on, uh, on, our, on our forums, there was no Sonny Chiba. 
If you motherfuckers are listening to this show and you've never seen The Street Fighter, I don't even want, like, turn this crap off. You're not a geek. You have to see The Street Fighter. He rips a dude's nuts off. It's amazing. It's a great movie. I got to um, go with James Wan and Danny Bausman. What's their story? Saw. Oh. Saw 1, 2, and 3. Those guys, those guys gave us a classic franchise. So I got to give them the nod. You are wanting to disagree with me. Yeah. I can You're not a big seriously Dude, that's, tell. This is what it's about. Yeah, I just have a problem with the whole Gorn, that, that whole genre. Right. But, but, I mean, I but one movie, one movie has to epitomize the genre, whether you like the genre or not. One movie's going to come out of there and be the timeless, seminal film. And it was Saw. And it was Saw. Absolutely. I will agree with you. Which I got to 15 minutes into and then I turned Bell. it off because I couldn't <laughs> take it. Tobin the... Bell. You should be on the badass. And, yeah. and I didn't turn it off because the gore. I turned it off because Carrie Yule's freaking act. Like, I'm talking like this because oh, I'm gonna... It's like, dude, can we get Princess this? Bride. The most badass film maybe That's ever. That's a great fucking ever. movie. So, Carrie Yule's. Uh, right. I would say Takeshi Katano. Uh, George McClane, who was my lead in Gay by Dawn. John McClane. Yeah, John McClane is badass. Dude, after Die Hard 4, he's badass. Uh, and then that dude in Vermont who shot the cop killer on like DMZ. I saw this dude who, uh, cop pulls a guy over. He'd been tired of his stuff. I guess this guy was a repeat offender. Sprays him in the face with a bunch of mace and crap. And then uh, walks back to his cop car. The guy decides to shoot this cop in the back a couple times, then drive over his body twice. A guy down the street, totally unrelated to the situation, sees this, ex-Marine, ex-con, pulls up, takes the dead cop's gun, and shoots this drunk driver or whatever. Murderer. Murderer, cop killer. Uh, pulls up, has a standoff with him, puts a couple bullets in him. And the judge lets him walk. He killed him. Yeah, he kills this dude. This cop killing dude who shot the cop, drove over him, kills him. And then I was like, dude, that dude's badass. Ex-con, ex-marine. Fucking comes on the scene, sees a dude kill a cop, takes him out with a dead cop's gun. That's badass, and that's everyday bullshit. That's like something you would do, Ben. Absolutely. I know you would. You wouldn't. You wouldn't hesitate. You wouldn't hesitate. Um, like Swayze. Never know these things. When the fucking Never Russians start know. landing, Swayze goes to the mountains. That's right. Um, so, so that's our episode. Guys, visit us on MySpace at Geekscape. I, I think our MySpace is MySpace.com slash GeekscapeNet. Visit, uh, visit us at uh, Geekscape.net. We have t-shirts for sale, but you can't buy the red. This is exclusive. I made it for myself. You can buy black. You can buy green. You can get tote bags. You can get pens, but you can't get the red shirt. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm the guy who dies when we go to the planet. Um, <laughs> check out this movie, guys. Seriously. Uh, the Rise of Leslie Vernon. Uh, Behind the Mask. Where can we... Uh, you can buy a copy anywhere, like Best Buy. Amazon, Best Buy, Target, Circuit City. It's great. Walmart. It's a lot of fun, especially if you guys love those 80s horror movies. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you. We'll really, see you guys next week with really our Transformers reviews. It.